Hey, it's Aldwin. And I'm Jason. This is the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. New balls, please. We put our shit together so that we can entertain you. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Come back to life, Dick Edward. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? I, think, I feel like it's another ass comment, but... Jason Jason just called you on your bluff, and you, you came back and you called us an albatross? I don't know what that is. Do you know what this is? It's called entertainment in all caps. Time. Ready? Play. Welcome to the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. I'm Jason. <laughs> and I'm Aldwin. I think I'm a little bit jovial just because we got to hang out in person yesterday. Yeah, I, I you know, when I when I saw you at the park, I didn't have the impression that I missed you so much. <laughs> <laughs> just because we do this on the weekly, you know? Right. So should I say thanks? Question uh, mark? <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe that's just a testament to how close we are yeah maybe yeah it was just <laughs> nice to do something with people in public distanced safely unmasked in the crop circles mm-hmm. we went to a beautiful park here in toronto called trinity bellwoods where they have so responsibly painted crop circles on the ground so we can observe proper social distancing but i did noticed that you were your kind of gaze was off in the distance as you were staring at some familiar structures do you know what i'm talking about the sad state of empty tennis courts the sad state of empty tennis courts (laughs) (laughs) yes because earlier in the week there was some anticipation that perhaps the well there was i think anticipation that the stay-at-home order would be extended but that perhaps our government might wise up to the medical experts and open outdoor activities which they did not do no they did not but they're getting tons of pressure like lots of pressure to reopen as they should because nobody should follow the musings and banter of doug ford and his golf Buddies (laughs) Buddies <laughs> and the conversation that he has with them to dictate public health measures. I know, agreed. Did you not feel, I don't know how you felt, but looking over at those empty tennis courts with all of, you know, the people just enjoying the beautiful sunshine this weekend, don't you get a nervous feeling of like, I, I need to go and clean that court. Like someone's going to just jump on it right now. Like I had that feeling of like wanting to jump the fence and like, this is my court. I'm going to be here for an hour. Well, yeah, we're all itching to play tennis now. So once the courts do open up, which hopefully happens in a couple of weeks, it's going to be a challenge to get court time because everybody's going to want to be on dem courts. Yeah, we got to do kind of like a rotational responsibility schedule. Like I wake up at 6 a.m. I hit that court reserve button. <laughs> and and bitch, we got our hour. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you know, we you and I talked about how odd it is to just be in the park, seeing everybody, you know, sitting in their circle safely, yet we cannot go and be further distance from one another <laughs> on a tennis court hitting tennis balls. I know. A friend said to me, "Is like, what are they afraid you're going to lick the balls?" 
like you're gonna you're gonna lick the balls in between points like is that how we're going to contract it but anyway it's just so ridiculous yeah i mean yeah we use different courts to lick balls but (laughs) anyway (laughs) so um usually we don't do this but we decided this week (laughs) to pre-name our episode before we started recording just because we really wanted to have a little bit of a a chit chat a kiki with two of our favorite players <laughs> Daniil and Naomi I have to give all the props to my uh, podcast co-host Jason I think that this is probably the wittiest podcast title that you have ever come up with yeah cause who doesn't need a margarita <laughs> <laughs> margarita pizza a margarita, exactly. In this case, it would be a margarita pizza. Yeah, coming off of the Roma with the cheese mm-hmm. and the mozzarella and the basil. Is that how you and, pronounce it in Italian? I don't know. And the, and the basil? Like, do, don't you put, isn't there basil on margarita pizza? Yeah, I th- uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, fresh basil. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we um, wanted to talk a little bit about the struggles and um, offer just an opportunity to share what's going on there. Obviously they do they both do it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Did we did we name the players that we'd like to extend this Margarita pizza to? Uh, well, yeah, Daniil and Naomi. Y'all, the struggle is real with that. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> One of them likes to put it all out there and not mm-hmm. um, not hold back their feelings about um, about the, <laughs> <laughs> the discomfort and lack of joy they have with the clay cord surface. No, that's for sure. I mean, this, this Daniil is a true sports showman in the sense that he is completely transparent with what he's thinking and what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's thoroughly entertaining and it makes the highlight reel for sure in terms of just, you know, not filtering himself. No, he's living his authentic tennis self. <laughs> uh, I, f- I think in many ways we have all felt the way he's felt on the court. Um, to speak technically about how he has been playing on the clay, I don't think he's actually been playing that bad. Mm. I don't believe he um, looks awkward or uncomfortable on the clay. I think mm-hmm. he just hasn't quite figured out, again, the the bounce um, situation or maybe necessarily how to get um, in position for the ball, but he he's just played. I think opponents who are better and who have maybe had a bit more match play than him on the clay. Okay, but what has been his qualm about playing on the clay? I mean, he is a seasoned tennis player. I'm sure that there are clay courts in Russia. Growing up, I mean, you're going to practice on a variety of surfaces, and you know those Russians they know how to play on every kind of surface. So, like, what is his dealio? <laughs> I, I think he's now allowed his previous poor results to sort of creep in on to the aura of the player that has become, who who's somebody who we know to win, 
um, mm. to win matches and do well and do well on certain services, i.e. hard courts, only mm. hard courts, actually. <laughs> um, and now there's, an, I think, an expectation that he's going to win more often than not, but he knows that he's far inferior on that surface. So it's starting to, I think... Um, creep in on his psyche when he gets out on court because I think there's still there's a bit of an anticipation that he's going to do better and he's going to figure it out and he's still not figuring it out and he knows publicly that um what that looks like I guess as a as a top player now who was number three in the world yeah I mean as you say that I'm reminded not reminded but I can I feel like we can draw a safe parallel between Daniil and Andy. Don't you feel? Like, Andy was the first player to infiltrate, kind of, or disturb the the big three in championship wins and defeats and all of that stuff. And Andy, similarly, is very outspoken and just kind of says what he thinks and you know what you what you see is what you get with Andy Murray, which I love. It was his birthday, I think, recently, so we want to... Yes, right? I think so. Happy birthday, Andy. We love you. Um, so Daniil's kind of the same. And I, I agree with you. I think he does now feel this pressure of having to show up and go deep in draws on a surface that he doesn't necessarily love. And um, But yeah, what? so he is sliding around on the clay. And, you know, have you heard? Like, he's talking to the umpires about this surface. What is he saying about it? <laughs> well, should we? <laughs> Maybe we should just play the clip. Like this. Well, this is another story. But if you break the court, this is another story. No, but it's already broken. Like when I slide. Uh... No, this is a clay. This is yeah, clay. Yeah, uh, it's bad surface. So uh, me, I cannot do damage to bad surface. Bad well, surface is bad surface. I don't want to play here on this surface. The thing is, please don't damage the court. I'm not damaging Thank the you. court. Okay. It's already damaged. Okay. If you don't damage it, that's fine. It's already damaged. So I think, obviously, um, he's a funny guy. Even when, you know, English is obviously not his first language, but he's quite, he's he's figured out quite well um, sarcasm, I would say. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, that's a difficult thing to attain in a second language. If you're able to be sarcastic in a second language, you are truly bilingual. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how can you argue with this this surface is damaged already how am i damaging it <laughs> by smacking it with my racket that there's like some that's that's quick some nuance but okay damage so that that was what came to mind when i first heard him complain i mean what is he saying when he's saying when he's complaining that the court is damaged like how could you i i, I don't know maybe we need some kind of clay expert <laughs> someone that you know someone that literally kind of puts the clay onto the court is there a special way that you do it i know those ball boys grab those nets you know when you watch the french open on a change oh sorry not on a changeover but like at the end of the set and they kind of rake over the clay to make it smooth but is there like a atp wta official standard density of clay like what what's going on <laughs> <laughs> i kind of thought the same way but i think you we might be taking it to to a deeper level than it actually needs to be taken because I think he just really hates it and he thinks it's damaged. <laughs> it's damaged goods. Anybody who wants to play on it um, is or is stupid. <laughs> so, okay, we get I, get... I get the whole Daniil 
um, not loving the clay. I, you know, and it's funny. I didn't really think of this before we recorded this episode, but but, but Daniil and Naomi are essentially, essentially have the same arc in terms of success on surfaces, right? The, the hard court king and queen, mm-hmm. essentially. Like, I know we talked about Naomi and her struggles on clay before. You, you've you been saying, like, that girl has to really ner- learn how to hit a drop shot and slide in the clay. And I made the joke. I'm like, maybe she's just training and sliding all day on the clay, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, in your observations of Naomi, did you... Th- <laughs> I was going to say, how, how many observations could you have made? Because she literally had a match and she was gone. <laughs> <laughs> she was gone, yeah. Um, I mean, they obviously have an op- the opposite of approach. One sort of keeps it subdued, um, and the other wears it all out, all out on the sleeve. And so for that reason, one is more entertaining than the other in their losses. However, uh, yeah, Naomi keeps it keeps it on the on the QT on the down low. She's you know you could see her frustration. She sometimes smacks her her thigh. I think occasionally she'll throw her racket, like do that sort of racket bounce. The head of the racket hits the hits the ground, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, you could tell she's she's not comfortable. You could tell in a similar way that there's expectations for her to win, and she's that's maybe starting to wear on her in the same way. Which is why we are suggesting you two come together. <laughs> share share in a slice of pizza and talk through your troubles talk through why this clay is so damaging to your ego to your ability to improve on said surface <laughs> we're we're going to um buy them a gift certificate to one of the uh pizza parlor is that what you call it a pizza parlor pizzeria. Pizza, a pizzeria <laughs> right in front of the trevi fountain and i know that our title is um you know a margarita pizza but here was my fun fast question for you yeah so you know as a um, uh, um connoisseur of pizza <laughs> okay connoisseur <laughs> of pizza but also um you know an in-depth tennis analyst what toppings do you think Ooh. right this is a good question what toppings do you think naomi osaka would Put on her pizza, and what toppings would Daniil put on his pizza? Well, Naomi, I I, I don't know what um, she's Please from. Don't. She's from Japan, but also from <laughs> Haiti. Haiti. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I don't know what I don't know Haitian food. Is why it do Haiti? Why, I think it's yes. Haiti. I think she, she's Haitian. I'm trying. Would it be something spicy, like a spicy sausage or something? I don't know. Like, would she do like a fun sriracha, sriracha Maybe. kind of sauce? Yeah. I was. I, th- I. I was gonna say, don't say sushi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone loves sushi, though. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> um. Yeah. Maybe like a a little a little spicy sausage, and um. I don't know. Maybe some onion. Yeah, you know, agreed. When I think of Naomi, she does give me a spicy flavor. Yeah. So she would choose like a spicy hot Italian sausage to put to put on that pizza. Yeah, it's sort of um, it's a contrast to her subdued, <laughs> you know, presence on the court um, and personality. I I love how your um, university analytics are coming through. <laughs> <laughs> and Danielle, I don't know. Um, what would Danielle, what would Danielle put on his pizza? 
I mean, you we just spoke about how outspoken he is, um, authentic, and to me, the most authentic that you can get for a pizza is just a plain cheese ass pizza. Yeah, and some margarita. Like a, a mar exactly. So margarita would be the right choice for Daniel. Yeah, Daniel, if you're listening, we'll send you a gift card <laughs> to the best pizzeria in Moscow because we know you're hanging out there right now. First of all, as if they need a gift card for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, you know, send us a gift card for a pizza for Grand uh, All that to say, we obviously really want them to do well in on the clay, and we want them to do well in Paris. But I don't think either of them are going to be playing any events uh, leading up to the French Open. So, you know, they're they're. Um, their potential there is is uh, very low. You know, I mean, maybe they're pulling a Nick Kyrgios in a different way. You know, you know how we talked yesterday about how Nick is like clay clay season, <laughs> like big laugh. You know, <clears throat> instead Nick is over in Australia, uh, posting on his Instagram like, guys, follow my Twitch account tonight. Watch me, uh, watch me get fifty five thousand kills in a uh, um, what's that? What's that first shoot? First person shooter game? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think, honestly, I think Naomi and Danielle would never publicly say it just because they understand the gravity of, of their words. But it might be a situation where, you know, the results on Clay this year have not been spectacular. So they're, I wouldn't, I would never dare say phone it in, but their expectations for themselves at the French are probably not going to be the same had they um, either had better results or if it was the u.s open for example where they know they can do well yeah i think what we're saying is just you know chill take it take a little chill take a little slice of pizza <laughs> relax for daniel he kind of got um hung up on the whole covid thing so that was a bit of a downer for him which cost him matches and maybe mm-hmm. he would have gone out early in monte carlo anyway but for Naomi, as we've said, you need more match play. So we would invite you to consider what Serena has done. Mm-hmm. Someone who uh, came back in Rome and lost in the first round. Mm-hmm. She has now entered herself into the Parma 250 event and won her first round match. So, Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, just to go back to Naomi's first round. Well, it was a second round because she, she got a bye. She lost to JPEG. Who has proven herself to be a formidable opponent um, this year and late last year and she squandered set points I believe mm-hmm. Naomi had set points in that first set allowed it to go into a tie break and against a player like JPEG who is you know nitty gritty going to fight until the very last point you just can't you need to shut the door mm-hmm. on a girl like that yeah and you I could I watched that match even though I knew the result um, <laughs> Sorry, are you? Is that a, is that a is that a read on me? That's uh, no, that was bringing it back. I sort of found out the results, and then I was like, I want to see what happened to her. Like, what what had happened? <laughs> and um, yeah, she squandered. Uh, I think she had broken at to go up five six or six five, and then she got broken back, and then lost the tiebreak seven two. So yeah, and then she lost the second set pretty easily. Yeah, it was like 6-2 or something. Yeah, you get bummed out hoping you can, you know, win a close first set 
and uh, yeah, she just she's overhitting the ball, um, and then she's dumping balls into the net. So when you're doing both of those things, it's never a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Like tennis one oh one, what not to do. Yeah, don't hit the ball don't hit the ball ten feet long and then don't hump, dump the ball halfway into the net. <laughs> uh, do you wanna talk uh, now that we've given some therapy and some pizzas <laughs> to two of our favorite players, um, let's talk about the ladies. Okay. Okay, question for you. Should we get right into the final or Actually, what I wanted to ask you was, in your um, watching of the Italian Open ladies draw this week, were there any highlights? Were there any ladies that impressed you? Any curious stories that you'd like to share with our audience? You know, any girls that you'd like to put the spotlight on? Uh, you know, admittedly, this week I watched less of the women. I think it was just sort of how it worked out. I am intrigued if to know whether you watched the Keys Stevens match because I know it was sort of <laughs> lighting up the GLTA message board because of how terrible it was. I watched I okay, I will say that I did not watch all of it, but I did watch about half of it. And the main comment on the GLT message board, I, I don't remember who the member was, but he essentially said who's watching this piece of crap because how can Madison Keys be a professional tennis player and not hit five balls in the court in a row? <laughs> I'm like, the shade was real and deep, girl. And so I was curious too, just like you. So I tuned in and watched it. And I mean, I, I think he needs to give her a little bit more credit. Madison Keys definitely can hang in in a rally for more than five shots. Keep in mind, Keys and Stevens are very good friends. Yeah. So who knows whether that was a factor in this particular match. But yeah, it wasn't a pretty match to watch, to be honest. It was just like, you know, spring balls here and there, poor shot selection. You know, and it's surprising because Stevens just came off from a really good result. And um, I thought she was going to do more as a former French Open finalist. But, you know... She ended up getting that lost against her friend that day. She's like number 60 in the world or 65 or something. She's Sloan? fallen that far. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just a little side comment. Sloan is, I love a Sloan Stevens moment, don't we all? But it seems like she's doing a lot of, um, I mean, I don't want to, I, I don't want to water it down and say that it's modeling, but she's doing a lot of product placements on her IG and it's just the vibe that I get from that, that her head is maybe not fully into tennis right now. It's funny you should say that because Osaka is posting a, a new swimsuit deal on her IG. So maybe her focus is on other things in the same way a certain Canadian has his focus <laughs> on other things like we talked about last week, which we're going to talk about again later. Oh, that's a good tease. <laughs> um, yeah, it. Well, if you're saying it was a hot mess and that was sort of impacted potentially by their friendship, it sounds very similar to their U.S. Open final in 2017, which was so bad. Yeah, it was just. It was not. It wasn't. We had made the comment a couple of weeks ago that the players were really starting to gear up and really sharpening their skills for the French Open. This match was not indicative of that trend that we shared with our viewers our listeners a few weeks ago question for you do you not remember when we went to the new york 
tournament, the Liberty Open, a couple of years ago. You and I were watching uh, just on a lazy afternoon before we were heading off to, you know, the Billy. What, what's the National Tennis Center called? Billy Jean King National Tennis Center. Yeah, we were watching Cuckoo for Coco Golf. Yes, we were watching it in our hotel room. Uh, the Wimbledon coverage. Yes, the Wimbledon coverage. That was her breakout tournament, Wimbledon, a couple years ago. She finally made it deep in a draw. She made it to the semis and was ousted by um, by the eventual winner, Sviantek. Mm-hmm. But um, I really liked what I saw from... from um, I was going to say cuckoo. <laughs> <laughs> You're cuckoo. <laughs> I am cuckoo. I really liked what I saw from Goff. She seems to just be this you know very mature teenager in of the same ilk as Leila Fernandez really committed to you know just pushing through in all of her matches and she's had some unfortunate kind of matchups in the past few tournaments but she did really well at, at the Italian Open I watched the uh, match against Iga and ah, okay. uh, that was one of the ones that I watched uh, of her and uh, I noticed that she just seems to have a bit more power. Obviously, she was young as she was emerging two years ago, but she's filling out as an athlete would um, mm-hmm. from 15 to 17. So um, her ground strokes have her ground strokes have more um, pace to them, which uh, leads uh, me to believe her serve is probably improving as well. So, yeah, she is. It's still hard to believe she's only she, she's just turning 17 i guess yeah she's got she's got a lot of miles left to play and a lot of opportunities to get deep in slams and masters so Mm -hmm. yeah and i watched it's funny i watched a bunch of matches where players were getting injured so i i wanted to actually check out allison risk so she was one of the players that whose match i watched against iga and she was actually Mm -hmm. up for one against her Mm-hmm. Um, and she ended up losing four games and something happened and she had to retire. Uh, you know, funny that you should mention that. I did watch that match. I always love an Allison Risk moment. Um, she, I love her grunt. I love her just flatness on both sides. Unfortunate that that happened to her, but thank you for providing the perfect segue to one of the very important headlines of the Italian Open on the women's side. Ash Barty, Simona Halep, out with injuries babe what are you thinking for these girls i didn't know about um or i still don't know what barty's injury is but halep is not looking good halep had a very similar injury to my other half who was running one day and suddenly felt um something happening in his calf and uh couldn't walk for about two weeks couldn't sort of put weight on his on his calf and when you're watching that match she didn't do anything in particular um that you could see in the few games leading up to when she started hobbling and needed medical attention and then retired from the match so it was obviously something that was happening within her calf from just the wear and tear uh, of <clears throat> of the matches and then suddenly something popped yeah, yikes. I mean, Simona has recently just posted on her Instagram that she was going to um, stay in the pool 
and I asked you this question when we were at the park the other day. I mean, I'm sh- I'm sure that this she called it the therapool. I'm <laughs> sure that there's some kind of, kind of like you know nourishing, revitalizing quality of this pool that she's in. Hopefully, with the effect of uh, getting her ready for the French Open. But again, that is in question. I do know uh, um, Ash's injury is a right arm injury. I'm not sure what part of the arm, but it did state that her arm injury is um, pre-existing and that she just couldn't continue because it was more of a preventative measure. We just have to give it up for Ash Barty. As we mentioned in previous podcasts, she has been one of the most, I would say the most consistent player on the women's side. And it's like, babe, if you feel a little niggling something in your forearm against Coco Goff in the semifinal, you're allowed to withdraw, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, not to throw shade at Naomi, but I mean, she's been playing all those tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> TBH. Yeah. I, uh, you know, we hope Barty can come back. Uh, Halep's prognosis is probably not good for the French Open. It would be nice to see those two um, be competing for the title alongside Iga, the defending champion. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how long Halep is staying in that pool. I don't know if she's sleeping in there, <laughs> anticipating that there's some miracle that's going to happen. But uh, it would be lovely if she could come back within, I guess it would be two and a half weeks, but that's that seems doubtful. Yeah, especially if you have a left left t- a left calf tear they are insane left tit <laughs> <laughs> no that she did that a couple years ago <laughs> tear tear of the boob um okay sorry can i just segue us into the final because yes i feel that our interaction that sunday morning <laughs> which i'll have to know is that you know jason and i had again made plans to go to the park I had said that morning that I was not going to watch the women's final. I needed to get a nice sausage for us, uh, you know, a nice meat selection from Loblaws, which is a grocery store here in Toronto. And um, Jason texted me out of the blue in the morning, obviously at the time when the ladies final was going on. And do you remember what you texted me? (laughs) I said, uh, this match is going to be over in about 20 minutes. (laughs) So tell tell our listeners what your you know your your movements were from like the beginning of the, <laughs> from the beginning of the match to the end of the match. Uh, so here's the here's what happened. I um, you know I arose. I had just finished watching or sorry walking the lovely Doa, my dog, uh, who we came into our life three months ago. And uh, I started to make breakfast upon my return, and that was when the match had started. So I <laughs> put it on, um, and and by the time I sat down with my um, open face bacon and egg with tomato <laughs> sandwich, with some chilies on top, it was already five love. <laughs> uh, and then, as I enjoyed my breakfast and um, pretended to enjoy the match. <laughs> the the um it it was by the time i finished my breakfast it was already two love in the second set 
Yeah, I think it was after I had either just as I sat down or actually it was just at the end of the first set where I, when I texted you and said this is this is going to be over. I I couldn't see, you know, you'd hope you hope for a more competitive uh, match and that maybe she could turn it around, but it was it was not looking good. It was a sort of a sad state of affairs and and Plishkova was definitely feeling a ways about herself like it, this was not going well and it wasn't necessarily well i mean she wasn't playing great uh, she wasn't playing terribly either but ego was just out hitting her moving her around hitting her spots and overpowering her yeah i mean here we are all of the plishkova fans finally having something to cheer for <laughs> <laughs> you know for this for this uh, top five player U.S. Open finalist um, who's just unfortunately had a string of really awful first round defeats um, mostly at the hands of <laughs> Jessica Pagula. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Achilles and heel. Achilles heel. And um, she just gets slaughtered. I mean, if we're going to draw an analogy, when in Rome, she was probably like, what would they throw into the Colosseum to get you know, completely annihilated by, you know, by one of the gladiators Ooh, in Rome. I don't know. Like a chicken? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> like a sad little chicken? Yeah. It was very sad. <laughs> she got trounced. And I, <laughs> I, you know, it's funny because when I was searching for the match in the after, you know, we had gone to the park, we had had a wonderful time. I'm like, I'm going to do a little research. And on YouTube, I was looking for, you know, the match highlights and the match highlights in length were about the same time <laughs> as the actual duration of the match <laughs> 45 minutes I think the match was the first set was 22 and the second set was 23 minutes like do you feel do you feel embarrassed like how do you feel <laughs> I I I would if I was a ticket holder I would be pissed Pissed, past, bitch. yeah. <laughs> so past, and uh, she's a three finalist three years in a row. Pliskova. Yeah, this is her third final in a row. Last year she had to retire. I think she was injured, Yikes. and um, the year before she won. So she obviously does well at this tournament, you know, except for the twenty eighteen smash <laughs> that was in, and it was called out tobacco <laughs> yikes honestly i um listen going back to iga she played phenomenally well clearly i remember saying in uh, the last week's episode she had something to prove i think she faced barty in madrid and she lost and you know you can tell by her intensity and focus when she's on the court that she's not kind of lollygagging she really wants to win the match and this is just one of those circumstances where, you know, uh, practice and preparation come uh, come together perfectly. Try saying that six times fast. <laughs> and she got it. She served uh, Pliskova, you know, two beautiful Jewish Montreal bagels. Mm, Montreal style bagels. Zero and zero. And what was even more embarrassing was the video that I had post. It was kind of like a per perfect synopsis of the match because I was I was wondering as I was watching it how many points she had actually won 
and they showed a graphic. It was like uh, 24. Obviously, you win 24 points in a set. Um, so Ego won 24 in the first set, and um, and Pliskova had won five. And then the second set, at that point, it was four love, 30 love. Um, and Iga had won 19 points, and Pliskova had won four. Didn't you say that Pliskova won more points in the last or second last game of the match than she had the entire <laughs> the entire rest of the match? She wa- she equaled the uh, number of points uh, for herself in the set in the final game. So she won four more points in that final game, where she was <laughs> <laughs> she was again broken, obviously. Yikes! <laughs> Hence the bagels. One um one little uh, comment that I'd like to share. In the um, aftermath of Sviantek's victory, she was interviewed, and obviously because of how phenomenally well she played, they asked her, you know, were you cognizant of the fact that you had won that, you had served your girlfriend there a double bagel? And this is what she said, quote, (laughs) when my coach told me it was six love, six love, I was like, really? Isn't that a mistake? When I was on the breaks, I was visualizing that I'm starting that match from the beginning every time. Actually, I did that so well that I didn't even know that it was 6-love in the first set. The key is just to not think about it and just, you know, play. Because (laughs) when you're going to think about the score, you can actually ruin your mindset and ruin your attitude. Girl, I don't know about you, but when I'm up 6-love, 5-love in a GLT tournament, I make sure everybody's watching. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Do you, are you cognizant of that? If you're kind of trouncing an opponent and you're feeling kind of you're in your feelings about yourself? I mean, I, it seems like she's getting every penny's worth out of that, you know, mental coach, that sports psychologist. <laughs> I mean, I think she before that interview, she probably opened up that handbook so that she knew that that statement to give to the media. <laughs> I know that coach is making some coin now. Yeah, I mean. I I appreciate what she's saying because if maybe she would have gotten into her head if she was thinking that she was up six love four love and I would just want to win the match I wouldn't necessarily care about bageling in the second set but it is a nice feeling to obviously double bagel your opponent <laughs> but I would just want to win the match because the prize money is still the same <laughs> see and that's just so indicative of who you are as a personality because <laughs> I have I clearly remember numerous situations where I've been down love five to you and I look over at the net and I just want to see some semblance of like, I'm killing her, (laughs) but your, your expression is always the same, whether you're down or up. And that really gets under my fucking tits. <laughs> I don't want to get in my own head and be like, because you've come back from that kind of scoreline before. I think once you've come back when I was up five love and beat, were beating me seven six or something. And uh, usually it involves dinking. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. So congratulations to Iga. She's obviously one to watch uh, for a repeat of the French Open. And she's now sort of asserting herself as another player who's very young and who will hopefully have many more wins and will have rivalries with players who aren't kicked out of tournaments due to COVID, like Bianca. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, my God. I forgot that she was even 
A player. <laughs> a player. Yikes. We talked about it last week and how they they kept her out of Rome because of her COVID and that she was not very happy about that. It would be interesting for us in the interim to see whether she does check herself into one of these smaller tournaments just for the match play, TBH. Bianca? Yeah, Bianca. Yeah. yeah. Or she could hang out in a pool with Halep. <laughs> no shade on Halep. We hope you come back, but it doesn't look likely. And it's sucky what happened to you. Mm, I know. We hope you come back, girl. So over to the gentleman. Ooh, this is two weeks in a row. The gentlemen really take the take the cake. I there should was... use cake. <laughs> take the tiramisu. Take the pizza. <laughs> they take the pizza um, Yeah the men's matches Were on fleek On fleek girl <laughs> I'm so excited To hear who really Just tittled your titillations This week on the men's side Well I mean one of the things that we Haven't really talked about was How the first half Of the tournament was no fans And then the second half of the tournament Was with Das fans uh-huh. And okay. obviously there was somebody who was local to the tournament who was able to take good advantage of that. Ooh, okay. Uh, are you talking about Lorenzo? Yes. Uy. Sonego? Yes. Ah, yeah. He, he really showed up for his uh, hometown crowd. He knows how <laughs> to um, build up the audience and get them on his side and it obviously worked for him because I don't know if he would have beaten team for example if if he didn't have sort of that crowd support there yeah did you um if I recall correctly that was like a tight it went to the it went the distance seven went, six in the third yeah went to the brink and that was the first day that they had fans I am just so surprised with his game style because from you know what you shared with me and from what I've observed he is more of a flat player and you know being an Italian you would think that he really is more of a grinder and like you know in the kind of the same vein as a Spanish player but she just likes to smash that ball <laughs> yeah and he places it well on the court and and you know if we may might bring back the uh, second dimension of Sabalenka's game has an amazing drop shot. Okay, you're already now getting so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, how many of you guys out there that listen to our podcast, Jason is just obsessed with the drop with the drop shot. And I can tell <laughs> sorry, this is a perfect little segue and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I'm just going to let y'all know how many if I had a nickel, a freaking nickel for every time this bitch here, my co-host, <laughs> has drop shot in my ass. And like he can drop shot from the back court, he can drop shot from the forecourt, he can drop shot in the volley, like he can drop shot wide, he can drop shot same side. You just have like <laughs> a you're just you just have such a hard on for the drop shot because it's such a beautiful finesse shot. So I get I get why you love it. Well, what if you got a nickel for every drop shot I hit that was intentional and a quarter for every drop <laughs> shot that was unintentional? <laughs> you would be very wealthy. <laughs> I, on the backhand side, if we push that up to a dollar, I'd be like a billionaire. <laughs> exactly. But Sonigo beat 
a whole bunch of good players. Like, okay. so she legit. She legit. Okay. Honestly, I kind of paid more attention to the women's side. I do know that he beat team. Who are these other girls that he trounced? Uh, round one. Well, he didn't trounce. He went three sets most of the time, except against his compatriot Major from Australia. Or okay. Australia. He's Italian. <laughs> what the hell? It's like Sinner and his pizza. Um, Sinner's not Australian. He's Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to one of our first season episodes. And I know. Full, you'll get the joke. Full circle comment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he beat Malfice. I didn't watch the, that. In the first round, he beat his compatriot in the second round. Then he beat Team. Then he beat Rublev. Ruby. And then he almost beat Djokovic. Joko. Did you catch that match against Djokovic? I did. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It it was good. So it was kind of like a lights out, you know, they're playing, both are playing really well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Djokovic played opponents who were all playing really well, like the City Paths match, which oh. seemed like it went over four days <laughs> because of the rain. <laughs> uh, sorry, just a quick side note. I remember doing the Canva post for like CC versus uh, like ex-boyfriend versus Joko and like... I was like waiting for the result so I could post it to the to our IG story, and I'm like, "What day are we right now? Like, isn't it been like 72 hours <laughs> since they played that match?" Yeah. Well, the, the I think well, Djokovic had a match the day before, where he yelled at the umpire because of the rain, and they were being kept on the court and and still having to play, and then. I think he learned his lesson from that and played a bit more through the rain, which happened again against Sitsi Pass, which again, like I said, seemed to that that match seemed to go on for two days. Well, it did go on for two <laughs> days. <laughs> I felt it felt longer than that actually. Yikes! I know. So Senego, yeah, definitely is a highlight of the tournament. Um, okay, how did you feel about? I don't know whether this guy's ever on your radar. He's kind of on mine because I think that he's just like a cool guy that just does his thing. Again, one of these authentic players. Apelka. Apelka mm-hmm. makes the semifinal. I know. That's a very good result. I, uh, I'm i starting to like him and appreciate him more. Like, wh- how cool are you that you... Every city you go to, you want to check out the art galleries and you have a sponsorship with an art gallery. Yeah, he's so cultured that like gives me such a little chubber. And he's le- he's seven foot tall, which is crazy. Whoa, 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 whoa! Seven <laughs> foot tall is that on his official ATP tour profile? I think so. Jesus, I did. I don't know whether you saw, but they um, they posted on IG a second serve that he hit. I forget in what round it it was, but they measured the height of the second serve at its maximum after the bounce and it was literally like three times my height oh how how, how are could you, gonna you hit that? <laughs> how are you gonna hit that ball how it's you gotta, crazy you gotta stand uh in between the service line and the baseline and hope for the best <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um on uh, on the google it says he's six foot eleven jesus riley opelka and like he's just like you know he's got that like skater dude hair situation um you can thick tell he, beard thick beard he's bros with a you know a couple of the american players tommy paul um mckenzie mm-hmm. so they've got a cool little posse going on there 
Yeah, it was just nice to see somebody go deep in an event that maybe you wouldn't have expected to do well, uh, particularly on Clay as a, a heavy-hitting guy. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. I was just going to say, one of the things I noticed when I watched the Nadal-Zverev match mm. was how different the surface is from Rome to Madrid. Like, Zverev was able to sort of out-hit and overpower Nadal, whereas, whereas in Rome, he wasn't able to do that. Really? I mean, it, and it was, the, you'd think it was the surface? You could it... tell it was a whole lot slower. Really? Yeah, wow. and I never noticed. I'm like, clay is clay. Like, what's the difference? But when I watched that match, having seen them play just the week before in Madrid, and then watching a lot of these different matches in Rome, you could tell the court surface was slower. And I, someone, someone who understands the mechanics of the clay um, and the damaged surface of clay, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what Mevita means. Um, please explain that to me because it's very weird to, to actually visually see it having watched those, those two matches. You know, I do have a bit of an inkling as to an explanation. I mean, Madrid, from what I remember, did not have any rain delays. Probably was hot. Um, and so, you know, you've got dry clay that will act more or less like a hard court. But the Italian Open was plagued with rain delays. And so whenever you have moisture in the clay, it's probably going to slow down the ball a whole lot more. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's actually a really cool observation that you made. And I think one of the other things that is different is the altitudes, because they were talking about Madrid's higher altitude compared to Rome. So I don't know if that, mm -hmm. that must have some impact on the speed of the court also. Gee, uh, who, okay, who are we, meteorologists? <laughs> I always wanted to be a meteorologist when I was a kid. <laughs> I was obsessed with the Weather Network. <laughs> See, this is a new fact that I've never known I about know. you. <laughs> WWE and the Weather Network. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I thought that that was all interesting. And obviously, all eyes were on uh, Nadal. And for us, uh, Nadal, when he was playing our Canadian boy. Oh, gosh. Okay, I know what you want me to do here. Jesus. All right, listen, It's this is not going to be the first time or the last time I'm going to have my entire freaking foot in my mouth, okay? Uh, <laughs> cue last week's comment. <laughs> you know who's not going to be there for very long? Our Canadian boys, Dennis and Felix. Why? Wait, 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 wait. You, wait, wait. You don't think that they're going to be there very long because they suck? <laughs> wow are you are you going to is there going to be an episode forthcoming where you apologize for that statement <laughs> probably chapeau i mean who knows what he's been doing has he been writing bars for his new you know drop of his rap song yeah, yeah. <laughs> who knows listen i am not gonna apologize for every time i say something salacious out of my mouth but i will take full ownership over the fact that it was completely wrong, Dennis showed up in that third round match, leading 6-3, 3-love, as if he was saying, Aldwin, this one is for you. <laughs> <laughs> this is my greatest hit. <laughs> <laughs> this is my greatest hit, bitch. <laughs> 
Yo, 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 I'm on fleek. <laughs> Get on my private jet. <laughs> <laughs> he, and you know what? I think it was someone on the GLTA message board that tipped me off and said that he was leading in the match. So obviously in between classes, I had to plug in. I had to watch the match. And Dennis squandered four match points. He was playing phenomenally well, playing up to Nadal. And, um, you know, I felt so embarrassed. But, you know, I think it was great for our podcast that, (laughs) you know, he was doing so well. And I obviously did want him to win because, you know, he beat Nadal on home turf at the Rogers Cup a couple years ago. And this was his opportunity to really take it to him on Nadal's best surface. But girlfriend just couldn't finish it off in the end. Couldn't seal the deal. Yeah, and like I said earlier before we started recording, two things can be correct at the same time. (laughs) Uh, He can suck at certain moments in a calendar year. Uh, In this case, he kind of has been sucking recently when it comes to players that he should be beating. And he, as you rightly pointed out, he seems to play up against the top players. So I think, he, you know, when he played the ATP Cup against Djokovic, he played well in that match, but lost. Um, and then this match, he was not missing a ball. Like, in that match against his drip uh, counterpart, Moutet, in mm-hmm. uh, Portugal, he, he was not playing like that. So I don't know what it is about playing against players that you 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 want to bring your best tennis to but bring your best tennis against everybody especially those that you can beat so that you can play those players in later rounds babe i know what it is do you know i know what it is can i share with you right it's it's related to the second thing that can be true which you can be playing tennis (laughs) and working on your next rap song midnight life (laughs) y'all drops tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'm assuming, because he's Canadian. And uh, if you have our f- uh, frequent visitor to Chapo's Instagram profile, you know that he's dropping that single tonight. Uh, Jay, would you like to grace us with a little excerpt of that rap? Do you have it there in front of you? I do. Is was that what you? Is that something you wanted me to do? Is that you? Pre- you prepped me to do that. I mean, I think that as the um, rap specialist on our show, yeah, that yeah. I, <laughs> I could I could not take that that um, mantle away from you. <laughs> I mean, you know, if if you go back to the lyrics of the song we crafted last week, <laughs> getting getting ready for that lost loss. <laughs> I'm going to try to try to win at all costs, costs. It's pretty accurate to the match he played against Nadal, right? I mean, if there was an oracle of tennis, I, I think that you are it. <laughs> <laughs> Why, thank you. Okay. <clears throat> Life is lit. Gotta live and represent. We've been moving miles ahead. They all want to stay in bed. I've been staying full set. Signed a deal, so I spent it on a jet. Boom, mo, mo, fo. <laughs> That's just a little taste of what you're about to hear at 10 p.m. At 10 p.m. Love that he used the word set just to remind us that he's a tennis player. 
I mean, signed a deal, so I spent on a jet. Babe, are you making that much money right now? Dropping not... singles. <laughs> Dro- <laughs> oh, you mean dropping singles as in songs or dropping singles as in, like, loonies? <laughs> <laughs> That's the tips he's going to get from people when he gets on stage. <laughs> throwing some throwing some coins. I appreciate that he's going full force with this and dropping more music. I do think he should do more songs with Quarantine because he's got some flow. Agreed. I mean, listen, you know, we are all fun and games up here on the Ready Play Tennis podcast. It's all in good fun. But you know what, Dennis, you are living your authentic life and you go get your life as a rap star. And, you know, kudos to you. You first of all again you do not have to apologize to anybody this is <laughs> this is your show and second of all how awesome are you a predictor you said i don't know what he's doing maybe he's working on the <laughs> lyrics for his new song and then like some point on tuesday or wednesday of rome we get we get that ig drop of a video for his song I do have a question for you. What do you think he's referring to when he titles his song Midnight Life? Like, what you doing at midnight? Like, Midnight Life? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. We have to see the rest of the lyrics of the song. But per his previous um, hit single, Night Train, it sounds very similar in terms of, like, you know... What what was the car of choice in that song? I don't remember. Royce was it a Royce? A Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce. Didn't he call it uh, a Royce? No, a a a Rari. A Ra- <laughs> Rari. Sorry. A Rari. You know he's so he's gone from uh, Rari to uh, having multiple Raris to to jets to a jet, to and a he jet. likes he he likes himself the nighttime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Midnight train, wasn't it? Midnight Life. Uh, it was night. It was night called train. Night Night Train. Midnight Life. Yeah. So he's you know pulling up that Rari to his <laughs> private jet, getting on the jet. Now he's got that girlfriend. Right. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Okay, Chapo. We love you. Keep on yeah. going, Boo. Get it. Get your life. We have nothing else to talk about other than there's a few smaller tournaments in the lead up to Foe. Right. Well, I mean, really quickly, I'm not sure how deep you want to get into this, but like, obviously, Nadal wins the Open. <laughs> oh, that's true. He did win. <laughs> that's right. We should probably talk about his 11th Rome title. 11th Rome title. The uh, When I was posting this story on IG, I was already over it because I posted something like, you know, matchup number three bazillion six hundred ninety eight million <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> versus Djokovic. I'm like, boring. <laughs> it's a fifty seventh match and now it's twenty nine twenty eight. Djokovic with a one match lead. Although Nadal I think is like nineteen to seven on clay. Oh, okay. 19-7 on clay. Yeah, and now he has 36 Masters 1000 titles, which equals Djokovic's uh, haul. And do you know, Honey Bun, when the last time in the Italian Open final, someone other than Djokovic, well, either Djokovic or Nadal was not in the final? 
I do, and that's thanks to the CGO who posted uh, a little graphic featuring the number of finals where one or the other or both of them were in the final. Mm-hmm. What year was that, girl? The last time was 2004. Yikes. And I forget and... who. It was um, the Argentinian Nalbandian against, Ooh. I forget who else, in the final in 2004. It was snackish. It was Nalbandian versus uh, French Open winner Carlos Moya. Oh, right. His coach. Mm-hmm. Oh, so like, I know. Yeah. So like a little offshoot of Nadal. Yeah. So congrats, Nadal, um, on your five billionth freaking clay court title. Just to satisfy what our IG followers have slid into our DMs with, there is a photo that Iga took with Rafael Nadal and... <laughs> Honey, no one was looking at Iga or Rafa. They were literally just looking at his quadricep, which was the size of like my entire body. People, people who like Nadal like those aspects of him: his legs, his bum. Um, they think he's in good shape, which obviously he is. So, it was just a poor uh, choice of photo op by Iga. But you know, <laughs> good for you for getting to, you know. Be alongside your idol and win another tournament alongside him like you did the French Open. Yeah, I mean, girl, you guys, you guys are both French Open champions. So, you know, you can go over to him on that quadricep machine. <laughs> and maybe you could teach him how to win a match love and love. <laughs> Ooh, that's something she's got on him. <laughs> uh, so pay attention this week to the 250s. I know you'll all be paying attention to the WTA and ATP <laughs> 250s. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Serena in Parma. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I will be watching Layla in uh, Belgrade. Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, let's see what Felix can bring to the court in the tournament he's in. I think he's in Lyon. In Lyon, Lyon and Geneva yeah. on the men's side, right? Okay, yeah. So, you know, it's this, this is your last chance to, to get some matches in on clay. You hear that, Naomi? Take that pizza out of your mouth and uh, <laughs> get to one of these events. We want to see you do well. Yes, stop putting that shirasha on that pizza and get that practice on the clay. No, you enjoy that pizza and then get your ass on the clay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Till next week. Bye. We're here for your tennis tainment or your tentertainment or whatever it is. But if you like what we're serving up, please give us a five-star review and like, share, and subscribe and like such as. Wait, one more thing. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Ready. Play Tennis Podcast.